This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. agree with you off the back of that i would say to anybody who's listening and neither a hasn't seen this one second dude sorry <laughs> oh, hell. so i got cramp in my leg jesus sorry mate. oh <laughs> sorry mate, i might have attacked by a scorpion jesus i've got i just shot off my chair and i thought bloody hell <laughs> oh mate <laughs> Oh, mate, I just felt that car. I was like, bloody hell. I just like, I couldn't give get it, off the chair quick enough. Give Woo. it a rub. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> there thank, we go. Thank you, doc, right. thank you, Dr. Dan. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, mate, I tell you what, doing podcasts, it's just, you got to take out insurance. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I tell you. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to year in 1989 to look at the fun family adventure comedy Honey I Shrunk the Kids. And joining me for the show today is my good buddy Dan Bone from the podcast on Haunted Hill. Dan how you doing mate? I'm doing very well and uh, happy new year to you and all your listeners. It's yeah. 2021. 2021. Woo. Things can only get better, can't they? <laughs> you know? Let's hope so. <laughs> oh, mate. I was thinking about this the other day, you know, because uh, obviously the film we're talking about today, um, and we'll go into this later, but this is the type of movie that people need to watch to bring their spirits up, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because um, I was feeling a little bit shit the other day. Let's face it, you know, watching the news and everything that's happening. And I watched this film and I was like, it just took me to... A nicer place, 1989, you know, fun family adventure movie, and it just uh, <laughs> put me in a better place. Yeah, pure escapism, but we'll get into that later on. But um, how you been, mate? What have you been up to? I've been very good. I've been um, relaxing over that pissed. Uh, pissed. <laughs> I meant Christmas. I meant say Christmas. <laughs> I don't call it That's Christmas, I just call it a piss fest. <laughs> <laughs> relaxing i meant to say over that christmas period um obviously i can't speak um yeah but um i did manage to you know chill out watch a lot of films mm. i've got a couple of little ones i thought i'd mention because i know you like to hear what i've been up to yeah yeah what you been up? what's that there, mate well um i watched a series on netflix um. starring the, the great nicholas cage i don't know if you've seen this oh i was thinking about that today because i thought i should have watched this so then we can talk about it but i haven't seen it yet but I'm familiar with it. And when I saw the it... The history ad- of swear words. When I saw that advertised, it's almost like... You, did you sort of say to Santa Claus over Christmas, please can, <laughs> you know, I have this, and then can I have Nicolas Cage, you know, host it? And it's like, that. it's come down the chimney. Yeah, oh, Dan, happy Christmas. It's <laughs> fucking like hell. that, to be honest with you. When Netflix announced it, I thought, is this a joke? Have they done this just for me? <laughs> 
fucking dear. Oh my god. It's really, really funny. I, yeah. I won't spoil it at all. Not that there's anything to spoil, but it's six parts. They're about 25, 30 minutes each. Yeah. And it's Nicolas Cage talking about a different swear word. You know, the history of it, the science behind it. They have lots of interviews with comedians and scientists and historians. Right. And he is just incredible in right. it. You know, he, <laughs> I imagine. He, he, sort of, he sort of says, you know, um, I know you always put a swearing warning at the beginning of the shows that I'm on, so I, I don't mind swearing. But he sort of says the different ways to say the word fuck. You know, he's like, there's many ways that you can use the word. You can use it in a soft and gentle way, like fuck, fuck or you, <laughs> you could say fuck, or no. And he's just sort of just going through these different ways to say yeah. different swear words. He's like an artist. Oh my god, so good and so fun. And it's on Netflix, and I highly recommend it to anybody. I don't know if they'll do a season two because there's quite a few words that they didn't go over, but they managed to cover off six big, big swear words in the first series. So. It's, very, very good. I suppose, you know, when I think about it, because I, I heard you mention this on your show between you and Gav, actually. And I, I did actually go on my own thought, this is actually quite an interesting topic to talk about. Which, do you know what I mean? It, until someone's done it, you come away and you think, actually, that's that's a good idea. Because it's something we yeah, say because... all the time, but where's the origins? Exactly, yeah. You know, and we, where, the, where do these words come from? You know, why are they bad? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it's just one of those things you think about, isn't it? And then you stop and think like this show and you think, oh, yeah, that's worth probably talking about, you know, in a way. So, And, and as guys that love films like you and I, the, yeah. the other interesting thing is they talk about, like, they touch on censorship and right. how many F words you can get away with in a film rated 15 or rated 18. And they talk about how many shits you can get away with and why why the 80s had so much more swear words in a, a family-friendly film than they do now, and how, like, the word damn was, like, one of the worst swear words ever, but that, that's, like, one of the most softest swear words ever. No, it's not even really a swear word. And they think, like, the F word will be, like, the word damn in another 20 or 30 years. It will be oh, a very yeah. soft word. Yeah. It's really interesting. Really yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's funny how the times do change around the swear words, isn't it? And... It, you remember this, don't you? Because I've heard you mention this before again on your show. Robocop, Die Hard, when it was when it's put on TV, wasn't it? You know, I think it was oh, Robocop. He he even called me a airhead. You know, it's like been censored, <sighs> isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I think Lethal Weapon, when it was on TV, he said, "Listen, you melon farmer." <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's this just... is a real, this is a real firing gun, and I'm a real firing cop. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, Die Hard, isn't it? Hippie guy, eh? Kimisavi. Well, that isn't it. Oh, God. Oh, God. That was bad. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's certainly a, an interesting topic. And then just to top that, like you say, mate, your hero, Nicolas Cage, doing that show. I'm sure he got a phone call late at night and he was half asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I'll do it, yeah. Well, <laughs> Apparently he shot it in one day, so he just came in in his suit. He learned all the all the lines, mm. the dialogue, and he does quite a lot of funny bits and stand up. He sort of stands up and does little theatrical moments. He does a lot of the because they show a lot of little cartoons to sort of uh, show you how like the history of like the word shit or something. Yeah. And then he'll do all the different characters' voices as well. It's just so <laughs> genius and so funny. 
really good. I won't harp on about it too much. No, 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 it's but, fine. Um, it's uh, welcome to the Nicholas Cage podcast. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you could do that, I think, can you? You could just make a podcast about Nicholas Cage. Oh, oh, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> because just before we move on from Nicholas Cage, and he's an, he is an incredibly busy bloke, isn't he? Because he's just in a film all the time. He's, you know, you look Netflix or Amazon, or even if you go into, you know, supermarket, he's on a DVD cover. Bin. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's in the bargain <laughs> bin, but he's still, you know, he's still working. It's crazy. Yes, yeah. and he's got um, a few coming out. I know there's a, one or two that you're interested in. The one about the um, animatronic oh, yeah. mannequins coming to life or something. Yeah, it's called Wonderland. Um, oh, yeah. It, it looks right up his street. It looks like a sort of trilogy of like Mandy colour out space. Because each one of those films has got like a purple colour to it. I yeah. don't think there's any link at all, but you know what I mean? I'm kind of, the, you know see a little bit of a sort of connection there but it does look good yeah it's he's got another one called jujitsu coming oh, out as well yeah i saw that yeah i was thinking of you actually i thought i oh. think does he fight aliens or something yeah 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 fighting aliens with a quarter staff or something like that isn't it or, here we yeah. go jujitsu 2020 mm. uh the synopsis is every six years an ancient order of jujitsu fighters joins forces to battle a vicious race of alien invaders <laughs> but when a celebrated war hero goes down in defeat the fate of the planet and mankind hangs in the balance only one man can save the day and that man is nicholas cage <laughs> nicholas cage one, one day they're just going to do a film and they're just going to get to that point where they say, look, Nick, we're just you're not even going to be a character anymore. You're just going to be Nicolas Cage, okay? It's going to be your name in this film, all right? You are playing yourself, <laughs> okay? Please. <laughs> I want to see it. Yeah. Oh, man. I suppose, cause he, I suppose his agent is saying, look, Nick, if you do like 100 films, you're bound to have a hit there somewhere. Out of that 100, mate, do you know what I mean? At some point. What's the old saying, uh, RJ? If you throw enough shit at the wall, something's going to stick. I think that's the saying. I think that was in the Bible or something. (laughs) I'll tell you what, Dan. If I I ever bring out an autobiography about me, that's what I'm going to call it. (laughs) RJ McCready. If you throw enough shit at the wall... Something might stick. (laughs) Um, Talking of Netflix shows, I don't know if... Well, it's not a Netflix show, it's a Disney Plus show, but have you had a chance to check out The Mandalorian Series 2? Oh, mate, have I? Yeah. Oh, my God. Holy shit in hell. Yeah. Yeah, we probably can't spoil it. No. um, My God. uh, I mean, I'd heard the hype. I loved the first series. And I thought, I'll wait till the whole series is out, because I'm a bit of a binger. I prefer to do things in like a day or two. Yeah. And I was really pleased to do that, because it's just... Oh, dear It's just so good. Yeah, because it's kind of hard, hard to talk about, isn't it, without spoiling it. Um, but I'll quote Ricky Morgan. Actually, I, I think I'll quote him on every show, actually. <laughs> he comes out from good. <laughs> I'll but, quote him. That's but, but, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Um, sorry, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> So, will someone leave my 80s movies alone? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, he said on his show, I think it was You Know What's Awesome, um, which is a great show. He's, he basically said, 
that I watched episode two thinking at some point the show would dip or not dip but slow down you know a little bit or yeah. something and he said it didn't it just yeah. it just got better and that was it and that was his way of describing it without spoiling it if that makes sense and i thought yeah he's right yeah, yeah. i mean and, and it's it's no spoiler to say that obviously i'm sure a lot of people know this boba mm. fett isn't it i'm not going to spoil it at all oh, other no, than that. No. but i thought that boba fett i was worried because this is such a uh, a legendary character in star wars yeah you know i was worried that he wouldn't be a very good character but actually i really liked what they did with boba fett as well and i thought they did that really well and there was a great bit of backstory about him yeah and then obviously there's just so much more to it that oh wow it was great it was great i loved it and then the other thing i mean is if that wasn't enough for us guys you know um you know going back for a bit of nostalgia then got cobra kai season three which i've no oh, doubt you haven't seen <laughs> you i know. forgot to t- yes i've just watched that as well i literally finished that last week i mean you know I, so I, I mean obviously I, I i don't know what your thoughts are on that mate because i haven't seen you you know, page or anything, but I'd imagine you enjoyed it just as much as I did. Yeah, my thoughts are going to be the same as yours, Ricky mm. Morgan's and everybody else, really. It's a phenomenal show. And again, like with like you've just said about The Mandalorian, it's a show that I thought season, season three, I thought there's no way they can keep this momentum going, mm. um, especially after season two. And actually they, they did, and yeah. they brought in even more characters from the original films. Mm. Um, you know, there's visits to... to um, where does uh, Mr. Maggie come from? Okinawa. Okinawa, yeah, Okinawa, yeah. Yeah, um, and it's just so, so, so good. And then, of course, they brought in um, Ali. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Elizabeth Botsachops. Elizabeth Sue. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I just couldn't believe she was in it as well. It's just so good. So I look, look forward to seeing what they do with that. Yeah, I, I like I say, I, I went in, I actually went in with low expectations because I said, even said to Becky, I said, my missus, um, I said, I don't, I reckon this is probably going to dip the momentum, mm. but let's wait and see, let's have a look at it, you know, and it didn't. And all, all I say again is, you know, obviously without spoiling it, but I even said whilst I was watching it, I said at the end of the episode, I said, you know what, there's a scene on there I never thought in a million years I would ever see. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> As a fan of the Karate Kid, I said, well, not one scene, a couple of scenes. I thought, oh, I shouldn't be watching this. Where's all this come from? I never thought in a million years I'd be watching that. And that's all I'll say, do you know what I mean, as a fan. But I think you know what I mean. It's, yep. uh, yeah. So And they they keep the references as well. You know, there's one, I thought of you actually, in one hmm. scene where they're going on a bit of a mission, Daniel and Johnny. And Johnny says, we're like Tango and Cash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That's it, yeah. I thought, this guy is so stuck in the 80s. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I I just I would love um, just just on a sort of another sort of um, place from eighties nostalgia. I would love for someone to take on the Indiana Jones franchise and do something like what they've done with the Karate Kid and Star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's, it's 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 walking a fine tightrope, though, isn't it? Because you really they've got to do it right, otherwise you go horribly wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And obviously with Indy. Um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was a fan of that franchise. I thought, oh my god, that was how it shouldn't be done. Mm, I'm just hoping yeah. that someday I might see it done like these two franchises have done because they've done it just how it should be. 
Um, and I know I know Netflix have got a Gremlins show in the works. Oh, are they? And, All right. And a Willow show in the works. And Warwick Davis is in the Willow. Show. Oh, okay. All right. Um, it'll probably be similar to the Dark Crystal one. So it'll mm. be like ten parts, and that'll be it. But again, I just nervously, especially with Gremlins, you know. Mm. God, man, you've got to get that right. But I think, if anything, going by the Mandalorian, and you've got to remember, Baby Yoda is all puppetry. You know, right. there's, there's barely any CGI. So think of that and push forward with Gizmo and the Gremlins. Maybe, maybe there's a place for it. Yeah, there could be. I could be. I'll, I'll, we'll have to wait and see. The other one, I will. Heard, one I've heard was uh, Time Bandits as well. Was a uh, really that, yeah. that could be interesting. Yeah, I heard that was uh, kicking around in the works. So, um, what you find mm. is sometimes these TV, the best of the ones that do work, are the ones that you don't hear, you don't hear in production. And then all of a sudden they just sort of spring out of nowhere, and you think, oh, where the hell did that come from? And then when you watch it, you think oh, that's pretty good actually. <laughs> so, yep, totally. You know, absolutely. A little bit like Cobra Kai, just sort of come out of nowhere. Um, so yeah, okay then, mate. So shall we have a look at this movie then, mate? Let's uh, shrink ourselves down to the size of tiny little insects. And put into a bag and chucked in the back garden. So, oh, God. <laughs> so there you go, guys. Let's go back to 1989. Let's go into the backyard, see what's going on there. We'll play you guys a trailer and we will see you soon. It was a quiet Saturday morning. Zelensky, give it a rest! It's Saturday! Professor Wayne Zelinsky was hard at work on his new invention. This thing works. It'll put us right up there with the invention of electricity. That didn't quite work. Did you get the machine to work? A few more bucks to get out. Then something quite unexpected happened. Where are the kids? I haven't seen them since I left this morning. It shrunk the kids. Nick, what happened? It works. Diane, I got something real important to tell you. Are you trying to tell me the machine works? Do the kids know? Well, yeah, the kids know. That's great. It's not that great. Why? I shrunk the kids and the Thompson kids too. They're about this big. Threw them out with the trash. Ah! What? They're in the backyard. Walt Disney Pictures presents The Last Frontier. Dad can fix us, right, Nick? Sprinklers! Ah! I'll tell you, their size. It's a jungle out there. Ah! Ah! Nicky, get out of there! Now, while the professor is looking for the kids, just gotta keep our eyes open. They're taking matters into their own hands. I say that Anne is ours. Unlock! They better behave themselves. Something's very weird here. What is it? Earthquake! No worse! Lawnmower! Rick Moranis is Professor Wayne Zielinski. Blew up my kid? No, oh, no, 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 no. If the machine no. had blown up the kids, there'd be pieces of them everywhere. Wayne, did you report some missing children? Oh, there must be some mistake. Ours are in the backyard. Right, honey? Honey, I shrunk the kids. We're all the size of boogers. Dad, don't eat me! And welcome back, guys. So the synopsis of this film is quite a long synopsis, actually. It's uh, the scientist father of a teenage girl and boy accidentally shrinks his two... His two... <laughs> I've messed up the synopsis. Such a long synopsis. I'm not even going to edit this. I'm going to keep this in. 
and two other neighbourhood teens to the size of insects. Now the teens most... <sighs> hey, on a second, I just put my teeth back in. Sorry, guys. I'll <laughs> 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 oh, get, oh, get there. Now the teens must fight diminutive dangers as... can't even read my own bloody hand, right? <laughs> God. And take four. Um, as... <laughs> Jeez, I haven't even had a drink tonight, Dan. Jesus. Get <laughs> out. As a father searches for them in the garden. <laughs> there you go. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Right, Clato there you go. Clato Necti. Clato Right, okay. I just dust myself down after that. Sorry. <laughs> Bloody it's hell. It's the first podcast of the new year. Yeah, there you go. You've got to get back get back on that bicycle. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Bloody hell. Right. Um, oh, don't worry about all the other stuff. We'll get to it. It's an adventure comedy, 93 minutes, PG, all that sort of stuff. 6.49 BD. There you go. Uh, right. So, there, Dan. <laughs> Thanks for that. Glad you enjoyed the show, guys. Keep it bite-sized. Keep it safe. <laughs> that was bite-sized. <laughs> there you go. That's the most bite-sized it's yeah, ever going to get. Right. Okay. Right. Dan. Honey, I shrunk the kids, mate. So, when did you first see this movie? When did this first come into your life? Probably not long after it came out. So, I would have been about um, probably 11 yeah. when it came out. So, it was probably about 11 or 12 when I we, we rented it. And I do remember me and my sister being completely sucked into this world. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually... We talked about this off air, but re-watching it for this last night, the effects still hold up in- yeah. incredibly well. Um, yeah. I can see why. I'd probably never seen anything quite like it as, as an 11 or 12-year-old. Um, the adventure was crazy. There was some peril. There was some childhood trauma, which yeah. we'll get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so it's probably around about then, really. And it was one of those ones, we've all heard the story before, where you go back every weekend for about three, four weekends in a row and you rent the same video every weekend. Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> uh, and, not, and to mention, I just thought I'd bring this up because it's, you know, just building a picture around 1989 as an 11-year-old because I was the same age as you, Dan. Mm. Um, do you remember there not being much... I'm not going to dis... Not dissing this movie at all, but this is just how it was in 89. You have the summer holidays and you're watching Timmy Manit on TV or whatever. And all of a sudden, right? Okay, yeah. Oh, man, it's man it. I don't know if any of the, the American <laughs> listeners would get that, but yeah. <laughs> it's whack a day, no school today, sorry. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, there's a point I'm getting to here where this, all of a sudden you're watching all that and you're getting about your business and your BMX and you're going out with mates. All of a sudden on, on, on the screen, on TV, there'd be an advert for a film that you've never heard of because we had no internet. You think, oh my God. What's that? You know, honey, I shrunk the yeah. kids. Boom, it's coming out next week, and you, and that's how I sort of remember sort of feeling. You know, as eleven, year old, I thought, oh my god, I need to go and watch that film because it looks bloody awesome. You know, and I did. And it was the same as you went with my sister to go and watch it with my, funny enough, my two next door neighbour friends. So it kind of. So felt, you saw this at the cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, lucky. Yeah. Went with my sister. And her friend Louise, and I was thinking about this the other day because I was trying to think of the friends that we've unfortunately lost contact with now. I was trying to think of the names. My friend Peter, 
and it really felt we went to go and see it and we really felt like the kids in the movie do you know what I mean because we was kind of obviously not getting miniaturised but doing mm. the same sort of stuff you know so you know you, there's a girl next door isn't there and you know there's a similar sort of things that the kids are doing that you was doing you know so you could relate to it it's um, a real sense of A, family mm. in this and B, adventure mm. um uh, and it's in that sense, there's a bit of a Goonies vibe. To oh it. yeah. But mm. The biggest um, crossover, I guess, for me is this film. I could really imagine this film taking place in the same neighbourhood. Now, bear with me here. The same. I know what you're going to say. You. I knew you're going to say <laughs> this. I know what. You, I think I know what you're going to say. Go on. Go on, because I'm going to say it. Perhaps as Gremlins. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Oh. And maybe the Goonies. Those. It's a real normal neighbourhood where this yeah. crazy stuff's going on. Now, I can imagine these guys being three doors up from Tom Hanks in the Burbs, you know? And that's what I was going to say, Dan. I knew you was going to bloody say it. Because <laughs> I, I never thought of that before until I watched it the other day. Because I thought, um, was it old oh, big, big Russ Thompson in this? Yeah. He's probably the most unlikable character that you love. Do you know what I mean? He's like... He's like... You just can't help but like this guy. Um, <laughs> and I just need big Russ Thompson as a neighbour, do you know what I mean? Just to sort of save my sort of 2021 right now with all the shit that's going on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking big Russ Thompson could easily be the brother of Mr. Rumsfield from Absolutely. the birds, do you know what I mean? Same sort of guy, you know. Uh, and the reason I'm reminded of Gremlins is because Rip Moranis' character is an yeah. inventor in this. Yeah. Um, and there's... The house is just full of inventions, just like Mr. Um, what was Bill, Mr. Peltzer, Billy's dad in. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In Gremlins, so there's there's inventions, and none of them work, just like right. in Gremlins. Yeah. So you know they pulled from all these elements, and that was the appeal to me and my sister. I think with renting this is that it had the guy from Ghostbusters mm. in it, you know, Rick Moranis. It also had the kid from Big in it as well. Um, yeah, that's right. Um, Hanks' buddy, Ger- Josh, Ger- Jared Rustin. That's him, yeah. Um, yeah. So there was a couple of people we recognised. There was a couple of things that we were, we could relate to from other films, and it was just an amazing film, and still is. And the other thing I was going to say was like Rick Moranis. It's almost like um, Rick Moranis shouldn't be in this film, but he is, and it works um, because when you think about Rick Moranis, he was doing some very sort of bizarre roles, wasn't he? Back in this time, he was a little shop of horrors. Um, he was the guy in Ghostbusters, as as we know. And mm. I remember watching this, I think, oh, he's a guy, he's the silly man, you know. He usually plays a silly character, but in this, he's, he's a little bit more sort of grown up, isn't he? He's like a father. Um, yeah. But at the same time, that worked for me. I really bought into that as an 11-year-old. I thought, oh, yeah, it's cool, you know. Um, well, he's a lot more, it's a very different character in this because there's a lot of friction between him and his neighbour. Mm. Um, and obviously he's telling his teenage children off as well plus he's trying to like invent things so he's a very different character yeah. to how we usually see but also equally there's a couple of scenes where i almost fell off my chair laughing with the way he delivered a couple of lines here and there as well he's so funny in this yeah so funny in this it, 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 like you say that's just what makes it funnier because he's trying to be straight laced and it kind of works the other way um the other thing, because obviously doing this for the show, I dug a little bit deep and I started looking at, you know, people who... I thought, let's have a look and see where this has all come from, you know. Um, Stuart Gordon wrote this movie. I mean, that's the director of Reanimator. Yeah. You know, you're just thinking, what the hell? 
but I know it's very strange. Yeah, um, and then you've got the director is uh, Joe Johnston who did the Rocketeer, uh, Captain America, um, the first Avenger, Jumanji, Jurassic Park three, and Wolfman. So you know, you've got some real talent here. Uh, and this was uh, considered a bit of a not a full full flop, but it didn't really perform how they wanted it to perform initially. Again, mm. video fixed that. Yeah. So that when he went to make the Rocketeer, which I'm a big fan of, and I think you are as well. Yeah. Um, they sort of said to him, you know, we want you to direct this movie, The Rocketeer, and he said, Oh wow, is that because of Honey I Shrunk the Kids? And they said, Uh. It's more in spite of, even though you made that film, we still really want you to do this. And he thought, oh, God, okay. Oh, really? I thought, it, I thought oh, it did all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he said he was a bit shocked. I think it didn't do too bad. I mean, it's uh, $222 million on an $18 million budget. Um, but then, like you say, I think a lot of that is to do with the VHS market. Um, well, when we talked about Willow, we, we had a very animated conversation about mm. remembering the advertisements, the the merchandise there was none of that for this that i can remember there was none of that really no. there was maybe a trailer on tv posters up in the video shops or the cinema that was it it wasn't really hyped up so i think it probably would have done better on video yeah film. no you're right there wasn't any sort of you know i wasn't i wasn't walking around with a honey i shrunk the kids t-shirt on or anything <laughs> like that you know what i mean or you know <laughs> get your Get your Wayne Selinski Kenner Dull machine <laughs> coming out. <laughs> Buy for five ninety nine from Woolworths. <laughs> Mind you, they could have probably made toys. I would have bought a Rick Moranis yeah. and a giant bee and a little tiny Rick Moranis or something, you know? It'd probably be a very <laughs> very sought after collector's item now. I'm sure uh, sure Gary hit Gary Hill from Cinema Beef for you over that. <laughs> I got myself a Rick Moranis. <laughs> and it did well enough that they made sequels, didn't they? Yeah, I wasn't too big on the sequel. How about you, Dan? Did you like the sequel? I wasn't too fussed about that. But No, I don't. The second one, which is called Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, mm. which is where they they have a baby, him and yeah. his wife, in the second one, and then he accidentally makes the baby grow, and it, it's about the size of a sort of a seven or eight foot bloke. Yeah. I remember really, really loving that and laughing at that, but oh, it yeah. has been about 20 years since I've seen it, so... Yeah. I don't know, but the third one, I honestly, hand on heart, don't know if I've seen Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. It sounds like, uh, what's the third movie in the um, Look Who's Talking? You know, they've got Look Who's Talking, Look Who's Talking to, uh, Look Who's Talking Now, where it's oh, the dog the in the dogs. Ca- yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it, by then, I think Rick Moranis has probably had enough. He probably thought, oh, God, why am I carrying on doing these? Mm-hmm. What's next? Honey, We Shrunk the Budget? <laughs> the, the only time I've ever seen a movie franchise do very well when it got to like number six or something like that was Jason Voorhees, you know, Friday the 13th. It's the only time there's ever really um, yeah. stuff like that. But no, usually, I mean, it's, a, it's a totally common trend that you get to the third one and uh, it, it doesn't do as well, does it? You know, same with Jaws and all that, isn't it? So. Before we, we, we talk about the film, you mm. mentioned a Marvel film, and I probably I wanted to mention Ant-Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, good, good shout, yeah, yeah. I feel like there were definitely some nods in mm-hmm. Paul Rudd's Ant-Man um, yeah. to this, you know, with the bees and the ants. Yeah. Um, 
And in fact, that's why I loved that film so much. It's because parts of it reminded me of the fun of this film, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, you know, running around. The world is just a completely different place if you were that that size. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's. I'm glad you said that, actually, because when I watched this, I thought there tends to be a theme here. When someone gets miniaturised, um, you know, in a movie, it tends to have a comic theme to it. Yeah. Um, and it worked like that with Ant-Man. And even, and the funny thing is, it's like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Ant-Man, they've both got the same sort of comic vibe to them, haven't they, you know? it's Yeah, there's like thing. a sense of urgency. They've got to get from A to B quite quickly. Mm. Um, and they even both have a giant ant called Anthony. So oh, pretty sure yeah. that's, okay. <laughs> that's a nod. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even the, um, going back a little bit, you had the Incredible Shrinking Man. Uh, which is a real cult classic black and white movie. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I think even that's got some uh, comic elements in it. Um, and and it's going to be funny if you're that size. Yeah. You're going to pick up a, a sewing needle, and that's going to be like a, a sword or a spear to you, isn't it? So it is going to be funny. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No. The but, other, I suppose the other films we had miniaturized. Quite a good topic actually. It was um, Fantastic Voyage, which. Oh yeah. Uh, you know Donald Pleasance. <laughs> Oh, you could do a Donald Pleasant. Donald Pleasant <laughs> shrinking. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously that was quite a straight movie, but then we had Raquel Welk to look at in that film in a sort of skimpy little um, uh, uh, swimsuit, whatever it was. <laughs> well, do you know one of my favourite shrinking films? It's not really a shrinking film, but it is. It's mm. Inner Space. Um, oh absolutely yeah, absolutely love that as well. You know, it's not really a shrinking film. He gets put inside another guy, but it's still a guy shrinking down and going inside a human body. Yeah. So you know, when you think about it, there was quite a lot of these films kicking around, and when they're done, I mean, in fact, thinking about it, a lot of um, films involving this genre tend to work well, don't they? I think. Yeah. You know, All of those sure. are good for good films that we've we've yeah. listed there. You even had this is worth shouting out as well. Is there was a TV show? I think it was in the sixties called Land of the Giants. Brilliant. I love that show. Yeah, that was good. Oh, man, they, they got some stuff in that, didn't they? You know, a bit of uh, was it a needle and thread they used as yep. a grapple hook and all that sort of stuff. and Fighting off giant mice and spiders. <laughs> so uh, good. A toy car that probably didn't have any moving mechanics, but it did for them, didn't it? They could just drive around, oh, yeah. didn't it? You know, so, yeah. Um... <laughs> Shrinking is cool. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, if you want to have a laugh, go and watch a film about miniaturisation. So, uh, yeah. And the other thing's worth mentioning as well, you know, just to add to all these ingredients, is James Horner did the soundtrack as well. You know, yeah. So, good old good old James Horner in there, so... Uh, but, um, should we have a look at this film then, mate? Should we do a... Uh, do a bite-sized review of it, mate. Do you want to sort of tell us with your, you know, expertise storytelling, mate? Let's shrink it down, make it bite-sized. Yeah, shrink it down, yeah, bite-sized. No, that won't happen. That's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, one more thing I'll say, because I was about to talk about the intro to this film, which is a cartoon, which is always great when the opening credits are like a cartoon, isn't it? Are you talking about Roger Rabbit? The... Yeah, I was, yeah. yeah. Go on, you, you go ahead. I was gonna oh, no, say no, that, no, yeah. no, you tell me. You probably know more, but I know it's called Zit Tummy Trouble, and it costs... Yeah, that's right. It costs a few quid to make as well, doesn't it? Right? So. Yeah, and you would have seen that at the cinema as well, because, yeah, so before Honey, Shrink the Kids in the cinema, they did have a very a short movie, 
which was Tummy Trouble, which mm. starred Roger Rabbit and the baby from Roger Rabbit as well. Just a, a sort of a five-minute animated special, and that then launched into Honey, I Shrink the Kids. So you would have seen that on the big screen as well, mate. That would have been I amazing. Did, yeah, I do remember seeing that. Did they only did they only show that at the cinema then? Did they? Yeah, I think um, I think it's on. I think somebody I know has got it on VHS or DVD. This movie, and it's at the beginning of that as well. And you can watch it on YouTube and stuff now. But yeah, it was like a bit of an exclusive, really. You know, and I Pixar do that all the time. You know, you go and watch a Pixar movie at the cinema, and there'll be like a, a, a two-minute short before it, won't there? Yeah. Oh man. You know, God on my, I miss my old cinema. I was talking about oh. this the other day. It was an old uh, Canon cinema, and I lived across the road from it. And it was like the, um, it was like the cinema out of Demons. Oh, it God. just looked the same. <laughs> when I watch Demons, I think God, that's my old cinema. Um, it's did got. It, all did the... it have a motorcycle and a samurai sword in it? It might have done. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's me. That's me on a date in the eighties. Ripped shirt, <laughs> you know, helicopter coming through the uh, roof somehow. <laughs> of course. Uh, but yeah, they all. It was. It, it's. I can still smell it. Um, and it was all red inside, red cloth, red curtains. Um, and they always used to play, oh, I can't remember now, was it? Can't remember what it was now, it's gone out of my head now, but they always used to play the same music. Pink Floyd, that was it. Really? Yeah, they always used to play, I didn't, I didn't know it was Pink Floyd at the time, but now I do, but there you go. Little, little bit of me going back in time there, so. Um, <laughs> but they knocked it down and turned it into flats. Dan, you know. <laughs> I need my old cinema. <laughs> but there yeah, you man. go. There you go. It's me touching a bit of nostalgia there. So let's, uh, let's have a look at this film then, Dan. Let's it- jump in. So we get that cartoon intro, mm. um, which very sort of, you know, it's, it's very exciting. It feels a bit like Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Um, it feels a bit like Tintin. feels a bit like um, all those kind of, you know, even um, Catch Me If You Can, that had an animated beginning. Yeah. So it's that kind of like running around everything's big or tiny gets you in the mood for this like family film really good start we get to meet the family straight away uh so rip moranis and his wife and they've got a son and a daughter um rick moranis is an inventor not a very good one no <laughs> no it's uh like you say he's, he's like he's like uh like say the gremlin's dad isn't it you know you know, all around the house, there's things. There's like a telephone answering machine. There's, you know, something that's supposed to make breakfast. It's, it's like Wallace and Gromit. It just doesn't, none of it really works yeah. very well, really. Um, his wife, though, makes quite a lot of money. She seems to be quite a really uh, very successful estate agent, real mm. estate agent. Um, and he's got a daughter, uh, Amy. Yeah. And he's got a son, Nick. And Nick looks just like Rip Moranis in this. He's got the glasses and the hair. They've done a good job of casting there. <laughs> yeah. uh, he wants to be like Dad. He want, He's trying to invent things all the time as well. But Yes, so that we get those guys. And we do also get a glimpse of Next Door. Next Door is um, Big Russ Thompson. Oh, he's mentioned. great. He steals the show for me, <laughs> Big Russ Thompson. <laughs> i got to agree with you. As funny as Rick Moranis is, yeah. Big Russ Thompson, every scene he's in, he is like Rumsfeld, isn't yeah. he? He's oh, just, yeah, oh uh, yeah. It's just a bit of a knob, and I love him for that. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> he's, he's got. What do you keep the noise down? I've got a four-hour drive, honey. I need to get some sleep. You know, it's like <laughs> so so him and his wife and two sons. They're they're going on a camping trip, a fishing trip. <laughs> yeah. um, he's packing a microwave 
he's got all the microwave snacks that you could ever want. Mm. You know, he secretly smokes a bit like Tom Hanks in the Burbs. Yeah, his wife doesn't it. know that he yeah. smokes. Um, his wife in this, Christine Sutherland, is I know what you're saying, yeah. played Buffy's mum mm. in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, Christine Sutherland. And she looks older in this film than she does in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which would have come out like 20 years later. That's very strange. Yeah, that's weird, that, isn't it? It's just funny how that happens, isn't it? She's looking better as she gets older, which is yeah. a bad thing. But, you know. Like a fine wine, aren't you? Like a yeah, fine wine. It, yeah. <laughs> the curious case of Benjamin, whatever it is, isn't it? Is he getting younger <laughs> Benjamin Button. That's yeah. it, yeah, there you go. <laughs> And they've got um, they've got two sons, Ron, who's played by Jared Rushton, who famously was in Big yeah. as Tom Hanks' best friend. He's great in this. He's really good. He's really good in this. Yeah. And his big brother is called Little Russ. Little so Russ, imaginatively, yeah. they've named their son after the dad. Um, what I like about this film, mm. and I wouldn't have ever noticed this as a kid, but what I like about it now is the realist, the realness of all the characters, because. Mm. The older son doesn't, he's not interested in fishing, sports, yeah. weightlifting. He doesn't want to do any of that kind of stuff. He just wants to be left alone to, to be himself. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and likewise in the other house, you know, the, the daughter feels ignored. She feels like no one really gets her. And as kids, we just didn't really notice any of that. It was more about the adventure and the funny slapstick humor. But when you look at this, there's a lot of really interesting backstory. Yeah. Even with the neighbours who aren't the main cast, but they they end up becoming part of the main cast. You, know, you get so much with them. A very good um, thing that you brought up there, actually, because it's seeing that as a perspective from a child as from an adult. So from a kid, when I saw little Russ Thompson in the cinema for the first time, I went, he's going to be the hero. Straight away. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Didn't yep. matter. I didn't, I, didn't have to, I didn't have to know whether he was going to be... Um, you know, a basketball player or he does weights or athletes or anything. I just went, he's gonna be the hero. There you go, that's it. Whatever yep. he does, he's gonna he's gonna take charge at, at some point, you know. And, uh, and then I just thought, <laughs> Ron Thompson, you know, I just thought, oh my god, here's the mouth character. This is uh, yeah. this yeah. is definitely a Corey Feldman role. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, <laughs> he could, it could be Ricky Butler's brother, couldn't it? Do you know what I mean? He could be, yeah, he could be. <laughs> But um, I do like his introduction, Ron, because he just opens the tent up. Yeah, Dad. And then he... <laughs> and then Big Rust, and he, he, he triggers some sort of trap. Bloody... Oh, so, yeah. That's right. So, um, so like a bow and arrow or crossbow or something, doesn't he? And then yeah, it, it, fires, it fires an arrow right at yeah, his dad's head. I just love the way he goes, Ron, what you done to? He goes, Duh, Dad, I just put super glue on it. <laughs> Of course, I'm going to put super glue on. I've got to tag any intruders that come into the the backyard. <laughs> like, oh man! <laughs> so there's a lot of that kind of stuff in this. A lot of um, gadgets and things, but it, it's not too much. It works really, really well. Yeah, yeah. And talking of gadgets, um, Rick Moranis' character Wayne, he is really distracted because he's got a, a, a big conference coming up mm. and he's working in the attic on a, on a very very special invention it's an invention it's a shrink ray yeah and uh yeah he's really really trying to get this you know to work so that he can present it to the because his idea is 
we can shrink things down and transport them so much easier. It will save so much space, whether you're transporting something from space to Earth or across the sea. We'll shrink it down to the size of nothing and then grow it on the other side. So that's his idea. And it's a really interesting idea, you know. Great idea. Can can that be done? I don't know. And he's he's trying it. Unfortunately, his invention just explodes Mm. apples. Every time he tries to shrink an apple, it just explodes everywhere. So that's probably not very good at this time but uh <laughs> yeah i mean uh, there's some quite there's some good special effects there as well isn't there which hold up now i feel i think it's possibly industrial light and magic that got involved with that with the uh the way the rays go out and not po- there's no point in this movie when i see the special effects and i think oh that looks bad now i think these look really good actually and the effects really tie in with the movie you know everything else that's going on there's um, even uh, some stop motion animation for two or three scenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, some Harryhausen style. There's a scorpion. Yeah, there's yeah. a there's an ant. You know, and they don't. Some of it the close ups. It's a giant puppet. Mm. But then from from far away, there's some definite some stop motion, and it works really well. It, it ties in really well, and I think the um, the bumblebee was made you know as an actual real size one you know for the kids to be hanging on to and then sort of blowing air onto and all this sort of stuff um so yeah that, they did that scene is possibly one of the most exciting oh, yeah. scenes in the film um just jumping ahead slowly mm. you know the way that it looks with the kids gripping two of the boys gripping onto mm. the bumblebee it's flying all over the, the garden you've got rip moranis you've got big russ swatting away at it yeah. um <laughs> and it's really action-packed. You know, the kids are trying to hold on. The effects are fantastic. And my yeah. wife was sat with me watching this, and she said, "My God!" I said, mm. "What's wrong?" She said, "I've just had a real wave of nostalgia." Now she's ten years younger than me. Right. She said, "I've just had a real wave of nostalgia watching this scene." I said, "Really?" Mm. She said, "Yeah." When did this film come out? I said, "89." She said, "Oh God, I would have been one or two, but so I wouldn't have seen it then." But she said, yeah. "When I was about 10 I remember watching this film. Mm. I remember being really, really scared by the giant bees and the giant ants in this. Yeah. And I could just see something in her eyes, that, that, that feeling you get when you get that nostalgia yeah. for the first time. That's great. And I thought, yeah, yeah. welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing with this movie is um, everybody seems to know about this film, but it seems to be underrated at the same time. Um, no one so, talks about it, RJ. No one talks about this film no. that much. You know, everyone loves it, like you said, but you don't hear it discussed very often in podcasts or you know reviews or when people talk about favourites from the eighties. And I don't know why that is. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like um, a, a modern day Harry Housen movie when you think about it. It's got all, all the adventures that you'd have in a Harry Housen movie because it's in the God, backyard. It really is. You know, it's it's suddenly. Um, uh, the backyard, because they've been miniaturised, has turned into that Sinbad the Sailor world, isn't it? With everything being much bigger and all that sort of stuff. So, Well, I think that's why we like this, and a lot of people like this film. Mm. It's You and I have got similar brains, and this would have oh, yeah. really captured our imagination. Because you and I, as kids, we can probably look at anything, and it becomes mm. a jungle, a desert. You know, yeah. I used to play with my He-Man figures in the garden, and, and suddenly... A rose bush would become like a giant oh, yeah. man-eating tree, you know. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. you know, quicksand. I could make quicksand out of a bit of mud and a puddle. And and this film really did did all of that, you know. Because the back garden, if you were the size of an ant, to try yeah. and get from one side to the other, there's a billion insects. Mm. 
puddles you know there's a lawnmower later on as well there's so much to be careful of it's really quite yeah. terrifying but also exciting it is but like you say i mean that's another good point what you're saying there is like what this film has done for you as an adult is from that point from you've watched it when you was a kid to now it has fired up your imagination and I think that really helps you out because I know I always laugh about it, but it's true. I still have that sort of imagination now. Do you know what I mean? When I'm out, especially when I'm out with my kids or whatever, I still pretend that things like this, you know, sort of that tree's turned into a giant or, you know what I mean? It just... 100%. I don't, 100%. I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Do you know what I mean? Because it's even now in our times, you know, with what's going on in the world... I think we need this escapism more than ever. Do you know what I mean? With this I agree. type of stuff, do you know no, what I mean? Totally. Help you out, but yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, talking of that lawnmower, that's a nice little setup for later on. Mm. So it's quite clever writing in this because um, the son um, Nick has got this giant sort of radio-controlled lawnmower. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> and I said, I said to Alice, my wife, I said, towards the end of the film, when the lawnmower becomes quite a big threat, I said, all of this happened because the son was too lazy to mow the lawn. Because if he'd have just mowed the lawn at the beginning, the lawn wouldn't have been that long. All oh, right. They would, they would have been able to get across the garden much quicker, and they wouldn't have been chased by a giant lawnmower. But instead, because he was lazy and didn't bother mowing the lawn and paid the other kid to come back the next day to do it, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> Right, okay, yeah. I, I suppose in some ways that's quite good writing because you've picked up on that as a someone watching the film. But I'm sure someone in the writing has used that as a mechanic to get to where they want to get to, do you know what I mean? Because he hasn't done this, this ends up happening. And, you know, it's, but yeah, it's, again, as a kid, I wouldn't have noticed that. No, that's I just right, thought that yeah. was funny. Yeah, so you sort of pick up on it now. now that's a great lawnmower, like I say. In it Rick, is a pretty good lawnmower, though, isn't it? Rick Moranis hanging from a bloody uh, washing line. <laughs> <laughs> we get um, a good um, montage, a mopping the floor <clears throat> dance routine, don't we? Yeah, that's it. I mean, again, it's, uh, you know, because there's the phrase, isn't there? You know, the girl next door. Um, yeah. And this is it, you know. And I can relate to this because this is how I was, you know, as little Russ, you know. Oh, you know, sort of seeing the girl next door and you kind of fancy her and you kind of don't know what to do, do you? You know. (laughs) No, and he watches her dance. She's like mopping the floor and she's dancing with the mop and he's sort of watching her. And then his dad, there's a look. His dad sees his son watching the girl and he thinks, oh, no, he's starting to notice girls. Oh, God. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? He's kind of, hmm, all right, okay. But there's a really good chemistry between little russ and and amy actually that develops throughout the film yeah um you know because they've never really spoken they've been neighbors possibly for a few years and Mm. they've they've never really spoken they just their dads don't like each other so they don't speak but actually it turns out they could all be quite good friends and in fact there could be a love interest between amy and little russ which there probably is by the end of the movie you know this is this is it though but it's like um the characterization in this movie for a 90 minute film there's quite a lot of it isn't it so amy has overlooked little russ like little russ has little russ's dad has overlooked him yeah because either character kind of just he he kind of he's the older brother he's actually the older brother that's being overlooked um by everybody uh which is 
yeah, it's kind of different, isn't it? Yeah, because because his little brother is a bit more boisterous and mm. sort of into sports and stuff and fishing, his dad more gravitates more towards him than he does his older son. Yeah. So he feels a bit left out, you know? So it's it's very clever. I think the characters, whoever's done the production and the writing, has done a very good job to balance out all the characters. And each character in this movie has... Has epic screen time. They have their own little bit of screen time. Even the dog. Even the dog. (laughs) Now, what's the name of the dog? Because I've forgotten the name of the dog. Is it Sork or something like that? Quark. 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 That was it. He's great. It reminds (laughs) me of my. It reminds me of my dog. Oh, your little one-eyed dog. My little one-eyed dog. Yeah, my my little one-eyed smelly uh, pissing dog. He's. He's got old man's drip at the moment, do you know what I mean? Pissing oh, everywhere, poor old bugger. But he's 15 years old, got to cut that dude a break. And I'll tell you a story about my dog as well. We had his hair cut the other day. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> or say the other day, it was before you know, lockdown, we had him cut by somebody. And he came back smelling like a bloody perfume bag. And I said, <laughs> I said what the fuck have you done to my dog? I said, where's my smelly dog gone? <laughs> <laughs> did, he go out, did he go out immediately and roll around in the garden? I, said, oh, I told him, so you go and roll around in some shit and come back something like he did. <laughs> 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 yeah, so there you go. Amazing. <laughs> well, we get the turning point now in the film, which is a baseball. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. A naughty little Ron Thompson mm. next door. He's sort of having a bit of a to and fro with the neighbour's kid, and then he. Yeah ends up bashing his baseball and it goes straight through the window into yeah. the attic hits the shrinking laser yeah presses a few buttons on it and then just happens to hit the right combination of buttons block out the laser reducing <laughs> some of the heat yeah. shrinks the couch down to, to nothing mm. and the kids don't aren't aware of this yet but uh russell makes ron go around and apologize and says, you know, this is really funny. He's like, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pay for this out of his allowance. And Ron's like, out of my allowance? Mm. Out of our allowance? And he's like, all right, maybe we should just tell Dad. Maybe Dad can pay for it. And he's like, I'll pay for it for my allowance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much clout his dad has over him, isn't it? It's great. It's a bit scary. Yeah. <laughs> so the two youngest, Ron and uh, Nick, they go up into the attic to get the baseball. And of course, as soon as they walk up, they're zapped down to tiny, tiny, tiny little ant-sized people. Mm-hmm. Um, and after a while, um, Big Russ and, and Amy are wondering where they are. They go upstairs. As soon as they walk in the room, they're zapped down to tiny little ant-sized people. So there we go. So they have now been shrunk. Honey, the kids have been shrunk. And they 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 want to a brilliant set piece as well, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? Everything that's just great. Do you know what I mean? All the floorboards and there's... There's a dead fly flying um, on the floor and stuff like it's that. It's quite isn't gruesome, it? isn't it? You've got that dead fly, mm. yeah. <laughs> you know, and and it, it like like you would say, this film moves at a pace because oh, now yeah. it just it just doesn't stop really now no. because before they know it, they're swept up. <laughs> That's you know, funny bit. Isn't Rick it? Moranis yeah. in, in, into like, a bin, hanging onto the broom, aren't they? Like the little <laughs> <laughs> like, great. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then into a, a garbage bag out into the back into garden, the garden. And, yeah and we must talk about the, the sets and the props in this like you mentioned the dead fly and the floorboards and mm. the broom but 
you know, the, the imagination that the prop guys and yeah. the, the, the set designers had to come up with and make yeah. all of this stuff so big for these kids, you know? Oh, I would have loved to have been a prop guy in the 80s, mate, I tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Building all that it's stuff. Amazing. Absolutely amazing stuff. A little shout out to uh, Von Babison, the guy I interviewed. Um, oh, yeah. So I spoke to him about this today, about Honey and Strong the Kids, and he told me that um, they that spend months doing this on set the prop guys and they actually built proper big you know set designs and everything and I think they did it in Mexico City this is where this was filmed amazing um, and he said yeah they spend ages sort of putting all this stuff together and like I say they did a great job and I think that's why it holds up today do you know what I mean you sort of see it and you think oh well you know it really does nothing looks silly does it really you sort of watch it and you think oh yeah yeah I sort of get that I mean like what, later on jumping ahead but when they're mm. in the sort of the, the cereal bowl with the Cheerios oh, apparently yeah, that was yeah. just um, big tractor tyres covered yeah. in foam clever isn't it you know yeah I mean I, I even you know I know we're jumping ahead but I, I looked at that and I thought it just they just look like Cheerios don't they I can't yeah. I'm trying to sort of look at them but yeah look the real deal um, and when I posted up online that I was watching this the other mm. night um Darren Wilson, big shout out to Darren. Yeah. Um, he commented saying, he said that was the big thing at the time. He said when he was younger, he went to Disney World and they had an area set up like the back garden with big slides made out of grass and leaves and stuff like that. So you can right. imagine like how mm. cool that must have been to go to Disneyland or Disney World back then with, yeah. with all that going. Amazing. But this is where the... Right, I, and this is a funny thing reviewing this film when I thought about this the other day this isn't really where the adventure begins it does but I think this film is so well paced and so well directed that the film really does start going back to when the, the credits roll at the beginning with the music because yeah. does that sort of make sense and I, I think that's worth a mention you feel like you're on a roller coaster ride right from the beginning and right to the end of this film do you know what I mean Yep. Which I think's worth mentioning because it's not even this point here where you think, oh yeah, this is where it starts. No, we're already on the tracks already. You know, this is just the other part of it. You know what I mean? It's like very clever, I think. I think uh, and actually, another curveball. Unfortunately, the reason they get swept up is mm. because we should mention Rip Moranis is so angry that his machine doesn't work. He decides yeah. to smash it up. Oh yeah, that's right, and that builds a bit of tension, doesn't it? From you're already thinking, oh my God, how are they going to get back? Because everything's destroyed yeah. now, isn't it? So yeah, there's a bit of drama, a bit of tension. And that also makes him sweep up. They're mm. in the garden. So they they use a bit of glass to cut <laughs> the, the trash bag open. Yeah. Sorry, mate. I was just thinking of Rick Moranis as he's... I thought that was another good shot as well, when he's just tying up the bag. You just see Rick Moranis' face, didn't you? And it just sort of disappears as he ties the bag up. He's got such a fun face. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's awful. Yeah. There's a few shots in this where there's like big close-ups of him through magnifying glasses yeah. and, and stuff. <laughs> he's hilarious, isn't he? He's yeah. such a hilarious yeah. guy. Oh, dear. You know, I think of that scene in Ghostbusters where he's got the thing on his head and he's eating the popcorn. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's you know, right. Yeah, that's it, it. It's just very good at playing that type of... Is, that, really. is that the scene is that number one or number two where Igor's trying to find out whether he's possessed or something or he is possessed isn't he? and he's he's the key master is, it? is that right is that that scene that's number one yeah that's yeah, right that's yeah. It, yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's the key he's the gatekeeper I'm the key master gatekeeper uh, yeah. and then he's 
I just love him when he's got the dog at his party as well. The big giant terror dog. <laughs> that bit where, scene when he comes out of his tracksuit. Hey, we're having a party tonight if you want to come around. That'd be so cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to play Twister. We're going to play some Super Mario Brothers. Going to get some Dana's pizza. just like, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> so that's the Rick Moranis I was talking about. That's the sort of difference between him in that movie and him in this movie. Do you know? It's like, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, he's a very different type of comedy in this film. Yeah. Much more refined. Mm. So the kids get out of the garbage bag and they slide down a leaf and they're in the garden. They see a giant butterfly. The first thing we see is a giant butterfly. Yeah. And immediately they're like, shit, this, okay, this, we are tiny and this is quite deadly yeah. and the son nick he sort of works out that the butterfly's wingspan was about 40 foot mm, that's right and yeah. he does he does some calculations and he works out that they're about three three and a half miles from the house um which isn't that far but i guess it is if you've got an unknown jungle in front of you full of bugs and yeah that's you know, right yeah um, and they don't know the where they're going they can't see the way i guess that's the thing isn't it there's no compass or anything yeah, and that's why he says they're about a quarter of an inch, aren't they? Sort of tall. Yeah. Um, they decide the only way they can do this is they've got to work together. You know, they've got to put their differences aside. They've got to work together. So they do kind of work together a little bit to start with. Um, now, while they're while they're sort of getting into the jungle, their mum uh, comes home, Rick Moranis' wife gets home, and she's mm. like, where are the kids? And he's like, you know what? I haven't seen them for a while. I'm not sure where they are. So that starts a little chain of events, which, which we'll come back to, which I think is really funny when the police turn up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the inept um, 80s police that turn up, don't they? Same same sort of thing in Home Alone, isn't it? You know, It just keeps saying, mm-hmm. And he's the, uh, Do you <laughs> say anything like, else? Why are, you saying, mm-hmm. why are you saying that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um so they see there's a mud puddle. How are they gonna get across this mud puzzle puddle? And then very cleverly, Nick realizes that dog can still hear them. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. So he whistles, they get up high on a flower to start whistling for the dog. But unfortunately, while they're whistling for the dog, the cat chases the dog away. <laughs> <laughs> And we see the kids fall. This is our first bit of stop motion here into loads of giant pollen, mm. which attracts dun, 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 gigantic bees. As we mentioned earlier, which is great, wasn't it? When you get this scene here, it's like your first sort of action scene now, isn't it? And it's, oh man, I'll tell you what, Dan, this was awesome at the cinema. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, I'm oh, so wow. jealous you saw this. I mean, it must have looked incredible on the big screen. Oh, mate, I was, I was buzzing. <laughs> Damn, I said it. Jesus, that's the sort of thing you'd say. I didn't even mean to say it. You've been hacking around with me too long, my in friend. fucking damn boned. <laughs> yeah, now I've been hanging around with you too long, Dan. <laughs> I can't believe I so, said that. It is an amazing scene, you're right. Um, this it also serves to separate the kids because um, we now get Amy is separated, and I think she's with um, Ron now. Yeah. Um, so she's with the, like the bratty little brother of the neighbour, and then we've got Nick, the nerdy kid, is now with like the older brother of the neighbours. So they're separated. So they manage to survive the bee encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great moment actually, which I've said so many times, where 
Brett Moranis' wife comes out and says, what are you doing? And he just turns around and says, there was a bee on me. We've all been there. We've all sort of, you know, shaken our hands, trying to swat something away. Oh, yeah, and yeah, says, yeah, that's it's it. All right. Yeah, yeah, there was a bee on me. <laughs> and even to what he does, was he picks up a baseball bat, doesn't he, and starts flinging it around. I think we've all done that, and we all try to take on this, like, like David and Goliath type thing, isn't it, you know? Um, but... Uh, that's where he now realises, doesn't he? Because, oh, hang on, baseball bat. That's uh, Ron Thompson's baseball bat, isn't it? And things it's start to come together. Clever writing. It's dominoes because that B meant that he picked up the baseball bat to swat it. He then realised the baseball bat, his son doesn't play baseball or sports. Yeah. He then notices a crack in the window mm-hmm. and he starts putting it all together. And yeah. he realises a baseball's coming here. My kids aren't around. My couch is missing. He then finds his tiny couch and he realizes, dun dun dun, honey, I shrank the kids. And Although he, he doesn't so- say it. Yeah. Does he not say it? Does he say it or does he not say it? I can't remember now. Does he say, honey, I shrunk the kids? He says something like it, but he doesn't say, honey, I shrunk the kids. He just kind of goes, uh, the kids have been shrunk or something like that. Oh, I don't yeah, know. okay, yeah, yeah, I see. Um, it's, it's you're right though with the writer it's almost like a little bit of reverse engineering to get back to where you come from 100% isn't it? So, 100% uh, it's very clever so this is where you get that sequence of events now where Rick Moranis has come into the show isn't he as in he knows what's going on and <laughs> he's trying to find them in the garden in in all of his different ways <laughs> Was he like tiny? He's gone stilts in he at first, didn't he? With some binoculars. Yeah, he's on stilts, and that turns on the sprinkler. <laughs> oh man! Which which sends these gigantic like drops of water to us, but to these kids, they're like the size of a car landing mm. in the in the garden, and they're running around trying to avoid them. You know, it washes them all away. Amy falls into a puddle, and she almost drowns, and Russell. Sort of, they rescues her. They all do, and he gives her um, some some mouth to mouth resuscitation. There's yeah, a little joke it, yeah. here where uh, one of the kids says, "Where did you learn how to do that?" And he sort of winks and says, "French class kid." It's mm. <laughs> great, isn't it? Great little, great little bit of uh, humour there, isn't it? From a sort of for a kid's audience, isn't it? You know, if, yeah, it's great. And, and, you... and there's a really funny moment where Rick Moranis is like acting like a crazy man on his lawn. Uh, yeah. And those two people turn up to get some documents from him for his wife. And he says, get off the lawn. He starts shouting at them, get off the lawn. And they run, jump back. And he says, it's a very delicate lawn. You can't overwater it. You've got to be very careful with it. And he's just so funny. His, his delivery is just brilliant. I love it. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? it and that's, that's where the 80s kicks in as well, isn't it, with the comedy? Because you kind of get that in movies back then, didn't you, these types of scenes. So good. It's so, so good. A couple of corporate people turning up with some documents and the person they're supposed to see, like our main character, sort of acting in some bizarre way. <laughs> you know, and it's, and you're right, that happens in so many 80s films. And she, his wife even said to him, all you need to do is give them the documents. Can you mm. handle that? Just give them the documents and send them on their way. And you know that they're not going to be able to do that thing oh, yeah. correctly. They're yeah, going to yeah. be acting like a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. And then this is a bit where it sort of follows on to him, as I mentioned earlier, he's tied onto the um, <laughs> is it the washing line, isn't it? And he's yeah. sort of spinning around. He's got a TV <laughs> counterbalance. It. So he's sort of 
hovering above the garden on this weird counterbalance thing with a TV on the other side to balance him out. And he's sort of going through the grass going, Nick, Amy, Nick. And he's got a giant um, binoculars strapped to a helmet in front of his face. Yeah, that's it. And then uh, the dog sees like a little bit of rope, which I don't know, he thinks is a cat or something, doesn't he? He just grabs hold of it and just starts spinning around in it. Oh, and he just fires off. Oh, I love it. Yeah, because then well, that's when old, uh, was it Big Russ, isn't it? He's on the table talking to his wife, and then he's. I think he even comes. He's got a serious problem. Yeah, and he just comes over the bloody fence. <laughs> <laughs> so, the kids are halfway there now. They're, they know they're halfway along the garden because there's a flagstone in the middle of the garden, and Amy recognises. This is, this is where we are. This is great. So they jump on that to get away from the water. And while they're there, every kid's dream, they find one of Nick's cream fields of Oreo cookies. Yeah. But of course, because they're tiny, this is the size of a house. <laughs> Man, that's, that's going to be a total sugar rush right there, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> God almighty. I could feel my teeth aching just looking at that thing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it looks delicious and it's a really good effect as well, isn't it? Um, I thought, man, that's a lot of sugar. <laughs> well, they, being kids, they dive on it yeah. and start eating the, the the cream and then trying to eat the cookie. However, they're interrupted by an, a giant ant, a stop motion ant that Ray Harryhausen would be proud of. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? You know, the, the special effects here, and I think that's a real ant. Not a real ant, but I think it's something the special effects guys, you know, made practically from, you know, bits yeah. of uh, wood and latex and all that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, it's no it's CGI in this no, one at all. No, it's brilliant. Yeah. I think that is guys behind there as well, wasn't it? Moving the, the puppet a bit like what they did with um, Jaws and stuff like that. Especially when, so they become friends with this ant. Initially, they're scared of it, and then oh. they name it Anthony, and they realise it. It just wants to sort of be a bit of a. It's a baby, basically. It's yeah. one of the baby ants. And yeah, you're right. It sort of makes little like <coughs> noises and sort of rubs its like tentacles on them. So it's quite cute. And yeah. It's quite, quite, do you know? You know do you know they originally wanted this ant to look like ET or something like that? There's a bit of trivia floating around. Yeah. So. The production company said this, this is going to be our E.T. character because of the success of E.T. a few years back. They kind of just wanted to throw that in. And well, it's definitely a cute ant. I mean, you know. And, and that's a funny thing you say there because I think it's cute, you think it's cute, but the production guys actually thought the ant might be scary for the sort of 11-year-old audience at that time. Aww. But it wasn't really, was it? I, I mean, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, I just thought... Once they realised that it didn't mean to threaten them, yeah. um, and then they realised that, then they, they, <laughs> very cleverly then, they um, get a, a leaf and tie it to the back of the ant, yeah. and then Ron jumps on the front and uses a piece of cookie on a bit of string yeah. to keep the ant running forward, because they're like, hang on a minute, we could use this ant to carry us to the house. So they do. So then they're like friends with the ant, really, and it's yeah. all right, really. It's not too bad. The good old, <laughs> was it, hang the carrot in front of the... Sort of donkey or whatever it is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, except it's a it. cookie in front of the ant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Yeah. 
Oh dear. It's really cute. Um, and we cut back now to the um, the neighbours who've called the police, and this is where we get you know that moment that we talked about earlier, yeah. where the inept police turn up, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, 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 we'll try and find your kids. Don't worry about it. Then they there's a fun bit where they get in the car and they say, oh, we've got another missing kid case. Hang on a minute, it's next door. <laughs> it's next door. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, they knock on the door, and this is just where Rick Moranis is revealed to his wife kids are tiny and they're in the garden so the police knock on the door mm. and we got a report of uh, your children are missing he's like oh no no not me my kids are in the backyard and they're like okay and then his wife sort of faints behind him it's classic sort of slapstick humor. it is because really um, I think uh, they cut that into the trailer from earlier as well didn't they just that little bit oh no they're in the backyard you know just that little it, bit in the it trailer works you know? really yeah, it works well really it's well, classic yeah. Rick Moranis yeah it's well. great <laughs> oh, they uh we, we now, so the dad of Big Russ is worried and he has a cigarette. Yeah. And he flicks the cigarette into the garden and this causes a great big commotion in the garden now. A bit of a fire. Because to them, a cigarette butt is the size of a truck, I suppose, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And um, it, it's, it, this, again, this thing goes back to what you said earlier, isn't it? The, the events of the adults or the parents is having an effect on the kids in the garden as well, isn't it? As that sort of domino effect, isn't it? The cigarettes. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't realise that they're still influencing the kids, even though the kids aren't really around. They're mm. tiny. They're still having an effect on them. You know, whether they're turning on the sprinkler by mistake or whether they're putting a cigarette butt in the garden, you know. Yeah. Well, they use this cigarette butt to create a torch so they can see because it's starting to get dark now and they're a bit worried about what could be out there in the dark. There'd be some potent fumes coming off that cigarette, though, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know that side. Well, well, Nick <laughs> goes right up to it and yeah. sort of breathes it in. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> you might as well suck on an exhaust of a truck. Do you know what I mean? It, it's a good job that the old man's not smoking a bit of old Toby pipe weed, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> bit of the old Mary J. <laughs> 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 well, Rick, Rick and Diane, they, uh, well, Wayne and Diane, they realise they've got to tell the neighbours because they realise that the neighbours' kids are with their kids. And this doesn't go down very well at all. Mm. They already don't like them. And they're not very pleased about the situation at all. No, that's it, you know. Not that the kids are miniaturised and all that sort of stuff, but it, do you know what I mean? It's like, I hope they're not getting up to anything out there. Just think, okay. <laughs> Yeah, because you know, his wife says at one sorry. point, she's like, oh, it's starting to get dark. And she's not worried about scorpions or bugs. She's more worried about yeah. Russ from next door and my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> and, then she, and then it seems like she's going to go upstairs and have the best sleep she's had in years. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We'll deal with this tomorrow in the morning. It's all right. That's fine. I'm going to go start up all night wondering. <laughs> going to go to bed now. <laughs> now the kids tell Anthony to bugger off they say leave us alone we don't want you it's quite sad actually but yeah. he doesn't he follows them a bit more and so he sort of he sort of hangs about hangs back a little bit at the end yeah. and the kids find a, a Lego brick and they think oh they're great we can sleep in this and again so clever when you look at a Lego brick you think yeah you could get in there if you're an ant you could yeah. get in one of the little round bits yeah. and that's what they do like bunk beds and they sleep in there but like you say, all, all the things they're coming across here are things that would be in my backyard at that time. Yeah. You know, Lego in the garden, things like that. It's There's probably Lego in my garden now. 
Probably is, mate. Uh... <laughs> I got my garden renovated uh, right. and completely redone two mm. years ago. Um, and the guy that was doing it, it took him nine weeks. It's a really big job. Um, it's about 10 tons of soil taken out and they oh, rebuilt what? a wall, built me a decking and it's beautiful out there now. Um, but when I came home from work, because me and him had chatted a lot over the 10 weeks, he knew quite a lot about me. I knew a bit about him. I came home from work one day and there was a matchbox race car. Oh, right. On the path in the garden. And I thought, what's this? And he texted me later on and said, did you get my present? I said, what's this? And he said, I found that five foot down in the soil in the garden and i looked and it was 1960s on the on the uh the metal bit underneath oh, that's the tag. right yeah oh my and i thought ah oh, and he saved it for me so i washed it all up and cleaned it all up <laughs> well as you as you know dan i'm a f- little bit familiar with finding bits of metal in the ground with my <laughs> metal sets you know so <laughs> talk to me about a, mate talk to me about a field in the lawn mate i'm gonna get a little twitch you know in the old mahogany mate you know <laughs> <laughs> We, we could be we can be driving down to the coast on holiday and Bex goes, please don't tell me you're just looking out the window at those fields and I'm like, yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Go and get a life. Go and get a life. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate. It's all right. Another tangent. These, these children um, are woken up in the night by... Well, actually, Russ and Amy do have a quick kiss. Yeah, I do. So mum was right. She was worried. But actually, you know, it's nothing sinister. It was a nice two-way kiss. But they're interrupted by a scorpion. Oh, yeah. Proper old, you know, ferocious-looking beast, isn't it? You know, that's Not a... very nice at all. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. I've got to admit... childhood uh, trauma now for me. Mate, I'll tell you what. I was watching this the other day and I had to get the old tissues out, mate, because I was getting a little bit of the old, uh, yeah. I, uh, I forgot about this. Mm. And this, this, this really upset my sister, especially, which, because she was a little bit younger than me, mm. that upset me as a mm. youngster. And, yeah. and the scene I'm talking about is they try and fight off the scorpion mm. and aunt, old auntie, Anthony, yeah. comes over and attacks the scorpion, gets stung. The children manage to fight it off by using the flames However, Anthony dies of yeah. the sting. Sad, isn't it? I, I, I must admit. It, and it's like tear. Artex in Neverending Story or something when this dies. Yeah, that's right. It's, yeah, it's kind of pulls your emotions. So, and again, it's, it's good that they bring that into this film. Do you know what I mean? Because it's, uh, you know, it's, one minute you've got Rick Moranis coming off a bloody um, <laughs> fucking, you know, washing line, which is fucking hilarious, <laughs> by the way. You know, I'm laughing my arse off. To the next point, I'm fucking crying my eyes out over an end. You know, I'm and like, how many films can you think of where they introduce a cute animal like this and it, then it kill it off sort of 20 minutes later? Yeah, like you say, possibly, you know, like you say, a never ending story with, you know, our attacks. And, um, but I think that's where the film has drawn you in, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? If it's, you know, it's made you laugh, it's made you cry. There you go. It's sad, it, It's the full, yeah, but no, poor old Ant. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like oh dear well just when they couldn't get any sadder or any more traumatic it's the next morning and mm. the kid with his walkman oh yeah from the day before yeah <laughs> comes by to mow the lawn because he's been asked to mow the lawn with a radio controlled lawn mower mm. so he goes out there and he starts mowing the lawn 
this obviously is causing a commotion because the kids are running all over the lawn trying to get away from these giant blades now while they're doing that the parents are in the attic and by now they're kind of working together a bit more the dads are getting on a bit better and they realize they kind of have to work together to try and fix this laser and make it mm. you know shrink things and grow things again um in fact just jumping ahead there's a really lovely moment where big russ says well if you're going to try it on if you're going to experiment on somebody do it on me yeah and everyone looks at him like wow okay you're you know you might be a bit sort of ball-headed but he's actually a bit of a hero as well he's willing to sacrifice himself for his kids at this point yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> it's quite cool it's quite cool and i love the way he does it as well he's like you know i'm gonna do this and what i'm gonna do is gonna sit right on the edge of the table <laughs> it's very heroic but you know i might probably want to sit on some stable platform you know <laughs> it's great there's a really funny moment as well where when they're explaining it to the neighbors mm. he says you know i've tried it on apples and up until then that's just made them explode and the oh, mum yeah. says oh my god you've exploded our kids and he's like oh no no if i'd exploded the children there'd be pieces of them all over the attic there'd be stuff running down the walls and then they realize that they've been a bit too graphic so they have to stop what they're saying yeah that's it yeah <laughs> and then just as he presses the button was it Big Russ is on the table and then Rick Moranis comes out and goes well I think it should work and he presses the button <laughs> and then Russ goes what <laughs> and then um, and then he comes back again doesn't he and this makes me laugh because he puts his hat on doesn't he and it's like a bit bigger isn't it he's, at, he's obviously shrunk it's him a little bit a little bit too big <laughs> he's doing that thing with his baseball cap going huh well they suddenly hear um the noise and it's the lawnmower and they suddenly realize oh my god the kids mowing the lawn so they run downstairs they stop him from mowing the lawn now what the lawnmower has done is as just as they turn it off it sucks the kids up out of the lawn yeah fires them out and they grab onto the dog onto the quack and the dog runs in because the dog must sense the kids you know they're only the size of fleas but he knows they're oh we know yeah 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 and he runs up to the breakfast table where Rick Moranis is he's so stressed out he's eating a bowl of Cheerios mm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, little um, little uh, Nick falls into the, the bowl and you get this moment where he keeps picking up the spoon picking up a spoon and he's just about to eat his own son and then he spots him just in the spoon yeah, and then just luckily the spots the other kids thing is though right this scene I don't know about you, I was just thinking about this the other day. It does make me think about my breakfast when I eat it. Just a little bit. Oh, God. Do you know what I mean? I just like, <laughs> I don't know, you know, it's sort of, it's like that sort of, oh, yeah, it reminds me of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but make sure there's no kids in it. <laughs> you, you know, sometimes, like when you have a cup of tea or, or something, and there's a little, you swallow something that wasn't tea, and you think, well, hopefully that was a coffee granule or. Yeah. You know, it's what not, if it was a child, a tiny, tiny little ant child? <laughs> just, yeah, it's not Russ God. Thompson from next door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, man. So, well, we come into the end now because he has to work out how to reverse it. But luckily, Nick has worked out that you need to just block the laser heat. And that, that will stop it, whatever you're trying to grow from exploding. Yeah. So they do that. Um, 
as I said, um, Big Big Russ says he does it. Try it on me. They do that. It works. They get the kids back. They're all friends at the end. Yeah. Um, and they have a dinner where they basically got a turkey and made it like ten times the size Massive, of a normal turkey, yeah, which is man. brilliant. Yeah. It's quite quite. <laughs> and even the dog has got a giant dog biscuit under the table. Yeah. Um, it's just. <laughs> It's a great way to end the movie, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Where they're all getting on together and that, and, they, and everybody's dressed up. And I noticed there's a little little pair of uh, Reebok trainers there as well, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? It's always always good to see classic pair of trainers yeah. in these movies. And uh, they and they say, you know, here's to the first of many many more dinners as friends. Hmm. And I guess, and this is really cheesy, but what I notice now, and they must have done this on purpose, is every character in this has gone through something where they've all, and bear with me here, they've all grown as characters <laughs> what a, what so a... had, you know they've all grown as characters they all get along yeah. um and you've got like amy and little Ru- big uh, little russ playing footsie under the table they're together now you know so everybody in this has grown they've all gone through a character arc and grown and i guess it's very clever that they've made a film about shrinking where all the characters go through this journey where they all come out of it and they've all grown a bit at the end it's yeah, so funny and it. cheesy yeah that's it it's like Big Russ hasn't got a bee in his bonnet and he doesn't want to chuck Slinsky at the bottom of the garden in some trash. I was just trying to get all that in. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you could, everything could tie up somehow in this movie. Oh, my God. There you go. That's me doing a dad joke. They, there we go. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and just as the credits start to roll, they're interrupted by little Nick, who says, yeah. hang on a minute. I finally get it. French class, ha, 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 ha. and then that's the end. So it's a little callback to that joke about French kissing from earlier. And then I like the way it closes because it just sort of goes down to sort of like a pinhead, doesn't it? As if it's just been sort of shrunk or something like that. I just noticed that it's just the way it sort of goes I down. I put this up the there with with films like um, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and things like that. It's got such a unique style. And, yeah. And the way it's shot and the way it looks and it just knows what it wants to be yep you know it's very original it's um like i said you know it, it's got it teaches you a little bit about life doesn't it the characters are really good it's comedy there's a bit of drama um and like i say it's got a sort of bit of an anim- animated sort of theme to it isn't it like you say it's got an aesthetic um and i and i do it came out go on and I was going to say, I do, I do sort of tie this in with the burbs. You know, this could be the same sort of neighbourhood. Um, it's just you could almost imagine this being like the neighbours in one of the other houses going on. You know, you, you could possibly do that, couldn't you? Where you just focus on one character and then the second series would be on these characters and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know why it wouldn't take place in the same universe mm. as that. You know what I mean? Like you can imagine this all happening on the same street. Yeah. Um, um, and I think it was aimed perfectly at people like us who, you know, as kids, we, we grew up watching the Harryhausen movies. I'm sure Joe Johnson, the director of this, did. There's definitely elements of that in this. So, you know, it was aimed perfectly at us, at kids at that age, who wanted a bit of comedy. We wanted yeah. a bit of adventure, but we also wanted that sort of Harryhausen, that, that adventure of shrinking things down, the family dynamic, you know, and everything being okay at the end, apart from the ant dying. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, apart from the end dying. But the thing is, that doesn't that doesn't cling on to you too much, does it? It happens, but then you move on, and then you've got the sort of comedy elements and 
Um, it's very clever. I think, it's, like I say, this film, it's, as I said, it's like a roller coaster. It just has you moving along all the way till the end. And that's a sign of a good movie, isn't it? You know, you put it on, you enjoy it, you're entertained. Um, so, it flew yeah. by, it flew by, and I couldn't find it anywhere to watch. Um, and then I realised, I I thought, oh, it's Disney now, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so I've got a six-month free subscription to Disney, and I Disney Plus, and I looked on there, and there, there it was. Yeah, that's what I HD found. on it. Disney Plus. Yeah, I've got it on there, because oh. um, I've been watching The Mandalorian on there, as, as we mentioned earlier. So, yeah, it's good to see it on there. So, yeah, yeah. Um, big thumbs up, man. Big, big Russ, Russ Thompson, big baseball up, cap. Or tiny little thumbs up. Yeah, tiny little thumbs up. <laughs> thumbs up so, um, yeah, cheers, Dan. You know, I, I was really looking forward to reviewing this one with you, mate. I thought you'd be, you know, sort of up for this movie. And um, as I said earlier, it's just it's just definitely a film to watch in the times that we're in at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Just to give us a little bit of cheer. And um, I could be easily locked down in that neighbourhood. <laughs> <laughs> I, I completely agree um, and anybody who's listening who hasn't seen Honey I Shrink the Kids if you want to lose yourself in 90 minutes of pure adventure and escapism check it out and if you're anything like me and I hadn't seen this film for a good 10-15 years go back and it will, you're, it's, it's as good as you remember it was yeah. it's one of those few ones that you go back and it's just as good as you remember yep. it absolutely yeah absolutely mate um i think you like i say hit a nail on the head there mate it's, it is literally just as good you know because sometimes you can watch films and say ah it wasn't as good as i remember but it's all right but no this is you know it's on a solid platform um so yeah no it's good stuff man so um what you got up what you got coming up next on your show mate um because i did listen to your other one the other day uh, there was a scrooge yeah silent night dead well, what was it <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Scrooge. That was our Christmas episode. That's it. Silent Night, so, Deadly Night, mate. That's a hell of a movie. Jesus. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Gab's birthday. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he has picked two very gritty 80s crime thrillers. One mm. of them is with Charles Bronson. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that is 10 to Midnight from 1983. Yeah. Um, and the other movie is a Clint Eastwood movie oh. uh, The Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, I, I am a fan of the uh, Clint Eastwood films, and yeah, I seem seem to remember having a good time with that. Actually, um, it's got Jim Carrey in it, it's got Liam Neeson in it, it's got Guns and Roses in it. It's a very strange film, but it's a brilliant film and fun. Really yeah, fun. It, it is. It is a strange one for the the franchise from going from the first movie to this one. Um, yeah. It, is it the, is it one of the last ones I would imagine from the Harry Callahan movies? It is it is the final instalment to the Harry Callahan. Yeah, that um, that doesn't surprise me. You could it, feel they were going off on a bit of a weird vibe with this one, but at least they didn't go into space, I suppose. <laughs> Harry Callahan in space, oh man! <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! All I'll say about the Deadpool. I know you guys are going to cover this, but there's a scene I love with. Harry Callahan trying to get away from a radio-controlled car with a bomb. That's all I'd yes. say, man. You know what I mean? It's just yes. like... Um, I'm sure there's yeah. probably some... I don't know whether it's a fan or a producer who's going, yeah, I need to see Harry Callahan get away from a toy car. Yeah, we need that in a film. It's you know a radio-controlled car. It's got a bomb in it. <laughs> and I need Jim Carrey in it singing to... 
Guns N' Roses and I want Liam Neeson in it. Also, I, I want this and I want a guy that he teams up with that does Kung Fu as yeah. well. And it's just, it's got so much in it that I'm oh, like, yeah, right. can't wait to talk about that one with you, Gav. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's oh, 100 episode, episode 106. That's oh, cool, one. man. Nice one. Um, and for us, mate, oh, we, we talked about this, didn't we, just off there. So our next show for uh, Bite Size is going to be the Karate Kid. We um, decided the to The original Karate Kid. Yeah. So a bit of wax on, wax off, all that sort of stuff. That is an honour to discuss that film with you, I um, tell you, because yeah. it's a very big childhood film of mine. I'm surprised you haven't covered it, actually. Yeah, so am I, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I was, um, I knew I'd get around to it eventually, and having you on board for it might confuse anybody better, so, because I know I'm much of a big fan. Well, I am Daniel's son, after all. Daniel's son, yeah, that's right, yeah. Daniel's son with a big bushy beard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that'll be, that'll be good, because we can talk a little bit about Cobra Kai as well. Yes, yeah, we can talk about Cobra Kai and all that sort of stuff, so yeah, yeah, it's good, man. So we can continue our... Because um, we 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 kind of had a theme on that, haven't we? So far, because we've spoken about Into the Dragon and Jackie Chan and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and all that sort of stuff. Do you so, like a bit of kung fu, RJ? Or do you like a bit of the old martial arts? Yeah, that's it. Bit of um, yeah, bit of pepperoni and cheese, <laughs> dude. Ninja, dude. <laughs> oh man, yeah, God. All right, Dan. Well, listen, mate. As always, mate, it's been a total blast having you on the show today. It's uh, thank you. Just what I needed for the start of this year, which we're hoping is going to be, um, you know, uh, a good year. You know, which is which it will be. And can um, I can I tell your listeners my good news? Oh, of course, mate. Sorry, I thought we had that at the beginning, but no. Yeah, please tell us um, your good news. And yeah, this is what I saw. Yeah. About. Oh, yeah. Hopefully 2021 is going to be a good year because for anyone that doesn't listen to my show, um, I'm going to be a dad uh, this summer. Yeah, and mate. I'm going to be a dad to twins. Oh, <laughs> mate. I, I, I said, mate, I hope you don't mind me telling this, but whatever you're drinking down in Bristol, mate, I tell you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That good old Bristol stout or wherever it is, you know. <laughs> oh, mate. Um, Gav, Gav, my co-host of my other show, he was disappointed when I told him it was going to be a boy and a girl because right. he was hoping that I'd end up having an Arnold Schwarzenegger Danny DeVito situation oh I did even say that yeah <laughs> <laughs> when I looked at you I thought I was looking in the mirror no it's great news man it's yeah no that's good um, like I say it's going to be um uh, no, a good good start to the new year from from what we had last year. So, uh, congratulations, man! Thank uh, you. Yeah. Okay, so um, I say congratulations to Dan with his uh, great news there, and like I say, I hope you enjoyed the show, guys, because me and Dan had a blast with that episode um, as always. And will we be back soon for the Cry Kids? And um, just for a little bit of um, admin for the show, I'm a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. So. Um, go and check out all the other shows on there. There's an abundance of them. I'll play a clip at the end, and that's including Dan's show podcast on Haunted Hill. Um, I've got a Facebook page which um, Dan looks after for me, so there's stuff going on there. So this is the best way to uh, contact me um, if you want to post anything on there, any feedback, anything like that, or films that you might 
want us to do um, in the future. And you can find the show on um, iTunes, YouTube, Spotify. I think there's several other players um, out there. If you put in Bite Size Cinema Podcast Legion into Google, it will take you to a place where you can listen to the show. Um, So there, there you go, guys. Um, Keep it bite-sized, keep it safe, and look out for any of those shrinking machines and ants and flying bees and all that sort of stuff. So (laughs) see you later on. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, the podcast by The Cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.